Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Torsten Bauer, a conversation about soccer cards. So thanks, Torsten, and thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Husband Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Comsi.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So thanks, Torsten. Thanks, everybody. So here it is. Even though I'm not collecting those, it's it's a huge topic in Germany, soccer. Tops is doing some of them, some great Tops soccer cards. Will they become as huge as basketball cards because the, the soccer market is immense. Yeah. It has the Panini has been doing soccer stickers internationally for 40 years or there's potential there. And that's what people are, are trading on. It's the world's most popular game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's happening in America. I think there's too many people that are doing a shortcut. They think, okay, I'm going to buy invest in, in these other leagues, these other card sets or the product, or the unopened, I think you should be a fan of soccer. If you're a fan of soccer, and you're a fan of that league, then when you open up the product, you know every player, then you say, this guy is going to be good. He's not good yet, but he's young. He's going to be a better player, or he's on my favorite team. And that's what I'd like to see. I, I still think there's speculation on it, the next big thing. So I'm going to put money into it. But once you get a card, you have to either say, I want this for my collection, Or if you don't want it, I'm going to have to sell it, or I'm going to sell some of the ones I don't want. Then where do you sell them, and how do you know what to price them? Back in the day, we never did price guides for soccer cards. So there's not that base of information, whereas baseball, we did all the baseball sets and basketball and football and hockey. Soccer, until there's a comprehensive price guide, I tried to level the playing field so that collectors and dealers, if you're selling or buying, you can say, This is a reasonably fair value for that player, that card, that insert, that parallel, whatever. That's one of the things that needs to happen, Torsten, is that somebody needs to do a price guide for mm -hmm. soccer cards that's well accepted. And if I were much younger, I would do that because I think that would really greatly increase the ability to fairly trade soccer cards. And not just, yeah. you know, I hear about the best guys, Ronaldo's and the, Pele and the international biggest stars, you know, Maradona and Messi. Today I saw a, I saw a Panini flawless of Franz Beckenbauer. So Franz Beckenbauer, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> With great card. So there's a lot of great stars, but until people have a price guide to know, so they can look through it, because they say, I'll just look up the comps. Well, you can't look up the comps for a hundred cards that you pick up, that, that you open a box and you have a hundred cards. You can't look <laughs> no. one of them up individually. It takes too much time. You need to know these are the best guys maybe the very best guys, I'd look them up to see what they're selling for. But if there was a price guide, it'd be pretty simple to put them in numerical order. And maybe I'm uh, biased from the things I did, but I just think it's helpful to have a magazine that you could go through, open up the product and see, this is basically the value of what I have. I don't think soccer is going to catch up until there's a comprehensive price guide for soccer. So you could look it up and it would need to be no. accepted. It would need to be accepted. When I started the first baseball card price guide, I already was an expert. I was already selling all those cards, buying and selling. I knew lots of dealers out there buying and selling individual cards because people were completing sets. If that doesn't happen in soccer, it's hard for soccer to get to the next level. Hmm. I think there are not yet enough American fans of the European leagues where the best players are because trading cards have to come from the US. I, I think that's a hobby that just is. U.S. hobby, not a European hobby. The two great hopes are Panini and Fanatics, mm. I think, takes a very global, worldwide view of their business. Panini certainly does. In fact, Panini, it's Panini America 
that is doing the cards here, that's headquartered here, near here. But Panini is an Italian company. Mm. The most cards they make are soccer. I should talk to my friends at Panini, especially if the license for basketball and football, if Panini is going to lose that, they're going to move stronger into soccer. And Panini America would do it, but there's great potential, I think, for distribution in Germany and Italy and France and England and every place in Europe and Asia too. But see, many soccer fans, I think in America, they like soccer. They think it's going to be big, but there's four major leagues and it's confusing which one has the rookie card. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of confusion until somebody uh, sorts that out. Like I said, it'd be me if this were many years ago. And I would, because I would love that challenge because it's disorder. My original thought was to bring order out of the chaos, the lack of knowledge, and to try to bring order to it. And soccer needs that. When that happens, I think soccer could really take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that would be a good thing because there's way more soccer fans out there than baseball or American <laughs> football or anything. If card collecting was really going to be a global phenomenon, it would be through soccer. Then cricket is another sport that has a couple of billion people. They don't necessarily play, but they follow it. Um, yeah, but you, you wouldn't be able to sell packs for $10 or $50, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why Panini wouldn't. had success with the stickers. Lower price mm-hmm. point, that may be the way it needs to be. Just a lower price point. I always liked these. Pacific had complete, Tops had total, Upper Deck had 40 man. There's all these different brands that are more comprehensive for the companies to do every player on every team. I like those kind of sets. Mm-hmm. And generally, they don't have as many inserts. They're lower price points. It's difficult to complete the set, but people do try to complete those sets. If soccer went that way, that would be good. Okay. Still, <clears throat> still to that day, many adults still buy those sticker albums for every uh, world championship or European championship, and they try to complete that exactly. sticker album. But nobody would do it if, if a pack cost 10 euros or 20 euros. Exactly. Nobody would do it. Exactly. No. But the thing is, with the sticker album, they're intended to be stuck, which eliminates the value. Mm. I have soccer albums from the 80s, the Panini ones, but all the stickers are stuck. I don't think you can sell the stickers individually once they're stuck. No. You can't soak them. There's some chemical process, perhaps, that would dissolve the glue, but I don't think so. But you're encouraged to do that because it's a consumable. It's not like a collectible because if you were to buy the Panini stickers and not stick them, just keep them, that's not the way people do it. No. So the European collector has to unlearn how to handle the collectible. If you get a sticker, you st- stick it in the album. If you get a card, you put it in a box or you get it graded. It's possible that fanatics will do some grading and they're big enough that they could think we're going to set up a European grading hub mm-hmm. or Asia yeah. already. You know, PSA may do the same thing. BGS may do the same thing. It's just having a presence in some of these other countries or other continents where they can do business because they're going to think big. And the friction for you to send your card to, to customs, there's too much friction there. Grading those common cards or, or those base cards. The only reason they're doing that, unless it's their favorite player or they're working on a set registry where they want to have the best set where every card is graded. And people even do that on some pretty common sets. I, I don't recommend that, but it's a free world. 
talk about PSA or even BGS, any of them, they get frustrated that the backlog is because there are too many easy cards being graded. But if people pay their money, they should be able to get graded what they want to get graded. Force them to not grade something that they think, I want to have this in grade up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've graded some base cards with BGS. And they asked it, why are you grading? Because I know this person, the player. So I, I just want to have a graded card so it could go on my wall. Those Panini one-of-ones. And those, those could be very valuable, but not the printing plates. I see the printing plates you, you could get for $50. Why is it that those are not popular at all? They're the color separations. The yellow ones don't even look very good at all. I've wondered about that too. And sometimes they have some special embossing at a national or a card show or a fan fest or something. If that's numbered to five, it doesn't go for as much. What people want to hype, what people want to promote. It's not, we're in a hobby and you're in a different part of the world, but it's more about demand than it is about supply. That's the analytical aspect that you, I'm sure, fully understand. It's more about demand. That's why supply and demand, they're not equal forces. There needs to be some equilibrium, but two cards, the same supply, do not have the same price. Two cards that have the same demand do not always have the same price, depending on the supply. So there's an interrelationship that's important, but demand is more important than supply. I have some cards that I think it's one of one. I've never seen another one, but they're not that valuable because nobody knows about it or there's no ability to hype it or to promote it because it's not for sale. So nobody has it on a want list. They're not looking for it because they don't know it exists. But the, the one of ones from this year, they're just so expensive. So expensive. <laughs> yeah. You know, equal to, like you say, a house or a car or something, if it's the right kind of player. Yeah. Also, the, the number to 10 cards from the, the Panini Golds, those are so expensive right now. Unbelievable. It's my hope is that people will take a fresh look. And not only compare to the comparable sale of that card or a similar card, they really ought to do their own analysis, as I think you do, of, do I want to spend that much money on a card? Because there are lots of other choices to pick. If this card is this much money, I don't want it at that price. I won't enjoy it at that price. I have the same philosophy. A lot of the cards I have now, cards on my wall, I would not buy them now. Not too expensive for me to buy, but I just, I wouldn't want to spend the money. And so eventually they'll be sold, but I'm enjoying them now. And I'm gradually selling a few cards that I don't care about as much. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But I think the highlight prices are a huge reason why it's become so popular over the last two years. It's a good thing with mm. all the high prices being mentioned that gets people excited, but it means the value of your collection went up. But it also means the cost of what you're looking for went up as well. <laughs> to buy the cards that you need, they just got more expensive. So do you have a limit? Are you keeping a want list these days of the shack cards that you want? Yeah, <clears throat> I have a want list, but too many cards are just uh, yeah. rising out of the want list. So I have never spent more than, I think, $120 on a card. Yeah. But nowadays, if you don't get a good card for $100, that's a problem. Yeah. Maybe I would uh, rise my budget, but I can't imagine buying a card for $500. I just don't want to. Not that I couldn't. I just don't want to It's right now. 
when you have the cash, you have the money, you can do what you want to with it. Mm. Once you spend it on the card, maybe it goes up in value, but you're saying, I'm just going to put this in my collection. So the value is not as important as do I want the $500 or do I want this card? And for me, in that case, I'd rather have $500 than one card. I already have good cards that I, I don't have room to display anyway. If somebody comes to look at your collection, how many cards do they want to see if they're not a collector? Would they want to see 100? Would they want to see 50? They don't want to see 1,000. <laughs> you have your shack cards in plastic sheets? Okay, so the people could look through them so you could get more that way. If I just have a box of cards, people don't want to look through the whole box. If it's a monster box, they just think, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So maybe I should be shifting my way of displaying with my card wall so that people don't have to ask. They can just browse and scan and and look. Nobody wants to see a whole binder full of shack cards. That's not interesting for anybody. But if you have a wall like you with so many different players from so many different sports, that's more interesting for the general public. Well, I've thought that. But still, when I have people over here, I'm trying to think if anybody has ever gone to A to B, to C, all the way to Z, of going slowly all around the room. Because it's panoramic. It's 360 degrees. They just look at the J. They'll look for Michael Jordan. Then they'll look for some other thing. They'll look, what Mickey Mantle do you have? They just don't systematically go through it. They get tired. After about five minutes, they go, oh, that's great. But they go, Maybe they don't want to say, hey, I want to spend the night here. My wall is too big. Maybe for most people, I need to shrink it. My very first questions when I started collecting basketball cards, how many cards are there? And then somebody told me, no, you you cannot have all the cards. And then I was like, why not? And then the base cards, you probably could get all of them. But that just takes up so much room. It's worse than the 80-20 rule. (laughs) There's a lot of base (laughs) cards here that nobody will ever look at. I've got to figure out how I can get them in the hands of somebody that would enjoy them. The postage, whether it's international or across this country, mailing out big boxes of cards is expensive. Could be worth more than the cards themselves if you have base cards. The man that 